Hi, this is Jamin. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. The next set of episodes are conversations I had at this year's Corporate Researchers Conference, or CRC. This is put on by the Insights Association in Orlando, Florida. I had quite a few interesting conversations highlighting specific companies that exhibited this year, as well as a couple of speakers, Wells Fargo, IBM, etc. I hope you have a really good rest of your day and enjoy these short episodes. Hey, this is Jamin. We are live today at CRC at the exhibit floor here in beautiful Orlando. At least they tell me it's beautiful. I haven't been outside yet. I have the honor of chatting with Liz Moore. Two words. <laughs> she is one of the owners of the Candor Company, which is a qualitative uh, focused firm and I'm looking forward to finding out more. Hi, how are you doing? I'm terrific. How are you? You know, I thank you for asking. I think I'm doing okay. I do actually really want to get outside. It, we were out earlier. Oh, you're such a show off. I know. What? Well, it's swampy. Is it? It's very humid. Yeah. It's better in here. It's better inside. I it don't is. know. Yeah. I think I'm getting the, I feel like everything's yellow now with the fluorescent lighting tint permanent. All right. So the show, how's it been for you guys? You guys have, by the way, I'm sorry about interrupting, ask a question, interrupt. That's the terrible way to do it. You guys have the most bright and interactive booth on the show floor. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Totally true. I, it's totally badass, isn't yeah, it? It is badass. You guys have just like totally nailed the interactivity. You yeah. have a, for those that um, weren't here, it's a ring light, which is... Um, something you can use in photography to take a portrait photo. Uh, and it's like super pro. I haven't seen the cam. Is it just like cell phone cameras? No. Oh, no, you no, even no, have a nice we're camera legit. too? Oh, okay. Totally legit. You should check the lens out. All right. I will. What kind of camera is it? It's a Canon. Canon. This is, it's, it's our photographer's 5D Mark III, something fancy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fancy. 85 Prime. Okay. So tell me about your business. Candor. That's right. Candor. Uh, we are qualitative researchers who don't like to necessarily think about ourselves as qualitative researchers. I think qualitative research has kind of gotten a bad rap over the years. Okay. Um, very staid, very conservative, very, mm -hmm. you know, traditional. Mm -hmm. Call a bunch of people into a room, total strangers, mm -hmm. tell them to ideate for 90 minutes and just come up with something great. Yeah. That doesn't work. Okay. It does not work anymore. Um, we've noticed that trend. We've yep. been together about 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we started noticing the trend about 10 years ago that when we could take someone out of that environment and either go into their environment mm -hmm. or bring them to a place that's really creative mm -hmm. and it's fun and it's yep. different, not just taking a focus group facility and using, you know, going away from the standard setup to a living room setup, yep. but actually taking them somewhere where it feels safe. Mm -hmm. And there are really no boundaries. We just find that we get so much better and richer learning from people. All right. Give me a little more context. Give me a favorite project. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there is a ton of them. Uh, well, a recent project. Sure. We were working, yeah. We were working with um, probably the second largest uh, consumer packaged goods company. And we were doing some work with them uh, to understand how consumers clean. And we were looking at uh, shoppers at two of their largest retailers. Yep. 
And so we recruited folks from those uh, primary shoppers from those stores and uh, understood their behavior in home over the course of two months using an online journal. And then we picked the best of the best. So we really got to know these people by every day with their posting videos and content and us asking them questions and them responding. We had a good handle on who these people yeah. really were. Uh, then we went in home with them. Nice. And we saw how their behavior that we saw that they were recording mobile, how it translated online. And it was really cool. I mean, we really got to understand their behavior from everything from shopping behavior to actually how they use the products to purchase intent, how they learn about new things. And we wouldn't have, if we had called nine consumers into a focus group room and yeah, asked them to do totally this. Yeah, different. No. They, well, I think, yeah, I, I think I have that product that has yeah. the green label on it. Yeah, they really wouldn't have the, um, I mean, we, we know that the recall is, like my recall, everyone's recall, yeah. it just diminishes. But the in the moment stuff is really important. And being able to garner that over time gives you a good point of view on the uh, participant, but then also incorporating video, that actually can start functioning as an audition for how articulate and expressive the individual is. And it sounds like you use that information to pick a subset of your uh, group or your participants to do additional exploratory work. Was that exploratory work on site at a location or what was that like? Well, actually that, that type of, that approach we use for any number of projects. Yeah. Um, we've also used it for a women's cosmetic brand nice. where we had mobile journals and again, picked the best of the best. Yep. And then we picked a host Yep. and then she had agreed to open up her home to okay. some of her friends mm -hmm. for a dinner party. Oh, so nice. we had it catered. There was no end time on it. We served wine. We served a great meal. We had a wonderful conversation. I think it lasted about three and a half hours. You're kidding. And the clients were actually involved oh, so at, at the, the table. That at the table. That is so awesome. And we've had so many experiences with clients saying, I've never been that close to my customers and able to ask them questions. Like, I'm always sitting behind the glass, but now I can sit there and I can, I can touch them on the shoulder. I can give them a hug at the end and say, thank you so much. It's that really is so interesting. So the, um, I've recently interviewed the head of insights for S Samsung. And then also um, last year, it was Estrella Lopez Brea. Uh, she's the head of insights for a serial partnership with General Mills and um, Nestle, which is a big company. Um, even though it's an nobody knows the name, right? It's like, it's still Cheerios. It's just in 136 countries. So uh, both of them independently, when I ask them about future trends, say that the decision makers inside of the company are moving um, from behind the class and boardrooms in at, to interact with the customer at the point of sale. So like there's this like, there's this wall that has existed for, so, for our whole careers that is now dissolving and it's been disintermediated because now we're creating that access uh, to the consumer in virtual real time. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's exciting to see that play out. And I love, like I've never heard of the dinner. Yeah. Like the, but that's so intimate and so exactly the way that we should be interacting with customers. Oh, and we've used that with physicians. We've used that for stay at home. We've done it around a small dinner table with cartons of Chinese food. Yeah. We've done it in a beautiful home with catered meals. Yeah. We've, so it really doesn't matter who the audience is. You're just putting them in an environment where they feel respected, their right. time is respected, 
and you're also not asking them to force them into doing something that is uncomfortable, which is, hey, you got 90 minutes? Yep. Let's work through this. Let's work through this. Right. And plus, you know, also in the past, you know, kind of also breaking down those barriers, like with our clients and their customers. Yep. But in the past, you know, moderators were trained to be a blank slate. Yep. And let's not tell them what we're thinking about. What? Let's tell them not, we don't want them to know who the sponsor is. Yep. And we don't, we wouldn't reveal any information about ourselves. But we find the more we can open up, and you know, obviously not every client project we can divulge totally, who it's totally. for. But when we can, I feel like we get so much better learning because they feel vested and they understand what is expected of them. And then they feel a part of the process. Because totally, they are. And, yes. And the journey is where the learning is. It's a lot less, because that's the tangible feeling, the empathy is created. I mean, it's all about that as opposed to the processing of a bar chart or something along those lines in order to make a business decision. Um, I gave a talk yesterday, and one of my favorite things to do is think about the... Like, so surveys are really bad conversations at scale, basically, right? And so we re- try to reduce everything to a Likert scale or whatever, and, and you think about like a date. Um, you would never use an NPS score kind of a, to a post-assess. You know if a date went well or it didn't go well by a function of being part of the date. And so um, you have the same thing with consumer experience. So what you're doing is really tearing down those walls and creating that, right? And then, and then subsequently, so I'm doing it at scale is a slightly different topic, but um, I am really interested. What does your in-deliverable look like for the customer? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, one of the things, you know, we still are tasked with writing PowerPoint sometimes. Got it. Uh, but more often than not, we are asked to create something that is visually beautiful ah. because huh. they know, our clients know that their end clients, which are typically the C-suite, yep. they are not going to, they're not going to have patience for something that is not well done, that's not right. well produced. And plus my client doesn't want to put that in front of these people. Right. So we create something that is visually appealing. Yep. Often we have, we give a longer version to our end client. Mm-hmm. We edit down something that's easily digestible for C-suite that says, look, this is exactly what we learned and this is what you have to do next. Like the 11 slides or something? Yeah, except we have to boil it down yeah, to yeah. that. And plus, we, well, another thing we've also recently taken to doing the past couple of years is podcasts. Oh. Not too, diff- not too different than this, but what we're trying to do is we're basically we're taking our learning and we are speaking it, we're bringing it to life. Yeah. And then we're also bringing in, what, in those cases, we'll bring in some snippets from interviews of actual customers talking that are supporting some of those points. And then my client can share it with her uh, senior execs, and then they can listen to it in the car. They can listen to it whenever it's convenient. Because what's the point of spending all the money on the research if it's not if no one's going to be interested in re- seeing the results this, or reading the results? This is like I've been saying this forever. The biggest opportunity for insight consumption is and and really to create a big lever for change in an organization. So it's like maximizing your ROI is all podcast. Like you should be able to reduce your report into a it doesn't even matter how long it could be a 45 minute thing. It doesn't really matter. You're not constrained by the length. It's, it's, the, it's the ability of creating a story that's retellable. But if you do that in a podcast, which is passively consumed, now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to talk to people, literally, that are outside of who's in the room or the commissioner of the research or this particular stakeholder. And, and that can get shared and distributed and disseminated inside the organization, creating a broader view of the customer and empathy connecting. So it's getting to the why and starting to change that behavior. 
like you just said, the whole empathy and connecting and without hearing the customer's voice. Yep. We, we talk all the time about voice of the customer, yep. but we're talking about voice of the customer. Exactly. That I want to hear the tone of their voice when yep. they talk about their fears. Yep. I want to hear the tone of their voice when they talk about my product or their competitors or an experience they might have had. Or when in some instances when we're actually able to put our clients in the room. We did, we did a, a study back in April for a um, fast food company that wanted to ideate on the future of drive-through. And we rented this beautiful home in Los Angeles for three days, invited nine total strangers. They spent eight hours together. We had our storyteller come in. We worked as a large group, then we broke it in mini sessions. And then once people had their story, had their core story about what this future looks like, and then the, our, we worked with them one-on-one -on -one to kind of help them kind of pull out the real core nuggets. And then they all presented it at the end. And then these nine total strangers, they were all embracing at the end of the night and they were sad to see, and it was amazing. And our clients were in the room. We had four clients in the room working in the teams. Oh, It was amazing. Va so valuable. And our clients, like we've never done anything like that before. And we're like, we should all be doing more of this because that really is the voice and the face of the customer. Are you going to get to see any of the uh, speakers? I hope so. I hope so. Okay. Uh, have you like identified any that you want to go see so far, or are you just fairly tethered to the booth? We are tethered to the booth, but yeah. ironically, literally 10 minutes before you walked by, Jonathan said, we should go to some sessions. All right, there you go. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to do that right now. And then you walked along. <laughs> and if I didn't meet was, you... We would have met later. It would have been fine. I would have not. Well, we met in the elevator earlier. That's, that's true. We did. That's briefly. true. This is sounding like a... Clandestine like, like, Yeah, meeting. exactly. Liz Moore, <laughs> the Candor company. Candor, how'd you come up with the name Candor? Well, candor, yep. if you look in the dictionary, means honesty, openness, Is that what it is, candor, frankness. and I'm yep. mispronouncing it? Well, you're kind of saying it like condor, but it's like e, the bird. It's, oh, I, my candor. God. Candor. Candor. Yeah. Okay, sorry, <laughs> everybody who's listening to this. It's candor, not candor. <laughs> Dumbass. Anyway, <laughs> have a great rest of your show, Liz. Thanks for being on Thank the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Everybody else, I hope you enjoy my hilarious spelling. Have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>